Welcome to Vegas Circle Podcast with your hosts, Paki and Chris. We are people who are passionate about business, success, and culture. And this is our platform to showcase the people in our city who make it happen. On today's podcast, we got a special guest. We're going to be discussing what it takes to build a successful restaurant brand with one of the owners of the world-renowned Lotus Asylum and also the managing partner of Bua Food Group. We got Miss Penny Chituma. Chituma, I'm saying it wrong. (laughs) I thought I thought I had it right, that I messed it up right when I say it. So Chituma, I got to say it right. So Penny, welcome, welcome to Circle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we're excited to have this. So I have been coming to y'all's restaurant, your family restaurant, for probably I don't even know, 16 years, I think, um, from your old East location uh, off Sahara. Amazing food. So we want to kind of first start off with your parents, Bill and Saipan, right? Is that how you say it? So your parents actually opened up the first location of Lotus of Siam on the east side of Las Vegas on Sahara about 24 years ago, from my understanding. What was your original goal? Was it was it actually to get into the family business or what? how did you kind of jump into the to the family business? We're going to jump in deep. So. Yeah, man. Um, I'd say that I hated the restaurant business. Did you? Okay. Just because of like what it did to my family. Okay. So it was just more of like, but you know, as I grew older, I saw what my parents put into it. Sure. You know, and just seeing what my mom did, like how she put in the hours, she did all, basically like, you know, you, I don't want to say like she hustled, but she definitely hustled. For sure. She was working 16, 20 hour days. Like by the time she got home, it was like 2 a.m. By the time when she woke up, it would probably be like 6, 7, Um, you know, come back pick out produce, everything. At that time, we started in California. So she took the bus. Oh, wow. And when we moved here, it was my dad and her soul and then, you know, myself and my sister. Sure. And so when we probably, I want to say, like, took in, she probably put in more hours than I seen, like, normal laborers, you know. So that's what probably put me into, like, oh, I can't just let it just stop right here. Yeah. So... Seeing what she did, you know, I actually went and proceeded to do like law school. Oh, okay, okay. So I was actually like, I, I was already at that point where I was like, no, I don't want to do the restaurant business. I want to be able to do something so that I can like just take my parents out of it. But as I grew older, I realized like my mom actually loved this place, mm. you know. So it was like she referred it to like, her firstborn, even Got though it. I'm older. That's amazing. That's just what it is. Yeah. And you kind of see that. You know, this has kind of been a staple in Vegas for a long time. You know, even when I first moved here in 2011, everybody said, you have to go to this restaurant. It's like the restaurant. You know, yeah. it's off the strip, great location, the original one at least. And I think when you develop something like that and you create a staple in the city, it is kind of hard to move away from that. Did you feel like a certain, you mentioned a little bit of expectation to continue that path that go into it because it is such a, you know, a, a mark, a, a, a specific place in Vegas that everybody knows about. I mean, Low key, it definitely was. It's uh, I mean, even till right now, it's like a huge burden mm-hmm. because you know you still have many words from other people who's been going to us for a long time versus like people who just started going to us, you know. And it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, I I maintain the same thing that my mom did, you know. Even though it might be a little bit more, I don't want to say industrialized, but it's more fast paced. Like we're working smarter, not harder, mm-hmm. you know, and. I think as we grow, people lose sight of like, oh, hey, it's an actual family business owned besides like, oh, they're just growing. It's like there's so much things going into growing a business that people don't realize like, hey, you know, we are EEOC compliant. We hire all like everybody, whoever wants to work. You know, Mm -hmm. we follow the rules. We follow our taxes. We don't cheap out on our product. Like I'm using the same stuff that people are using on the strip. Yeah. So it's like. 
people who don't understand restaurant businesses, but they see it and they're like, oh, well, this other Thai restaurants charging cheaper. But I'm like, yeah, did you know that some of them don't pay their people or yeah. some of them are using products that's not from mm-hmm. like a reliable source, like, you know, all that other stuff. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, we're we're in that cusp. That makes sense. Yeah. So you guys currently have two locations, right? So you have the Flamingo location. You also are inside Red Rock Casino. Can you talk about or be able to at least elaborate on what happened to the Flamingo? Is, is that anything you can touch on? Obviously, that, that it closed oh, uh, down. I'm sorry, Sahara. I apologize. <laughs> I said yeah. it wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> can you at least touch on that a little bit on what happened and why I you guys mean, had to close down? We still have the property. Okay. We're renovating it. It'll probably be done by, I want to say, like February. Oh, okay. Of 2024? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. But, um, we're changing it up to where when you walk in, it's still going to be the same building like you saw 20 years ago. Yeah. But on the back end, we have like commissary kitchens. So oh, it's okay. able to produce for more than 10 locations. Oh, that's wow. awesome. So that's okay. the goal. So the goal is growth is what I'm hearing. So the 100%. goal is to really build this brand, right? I mean, Go- I have... 115 staff on my payroll at just one location wow i have like people who's been with us since i was a kid so it's like my my goal at this point is not just for myself because i'm comfortable sure yeah but i got people who were here since i was calling them auntie and that's the people that i have to take care of too that's amazing yeah Yeah. it's kind of like you know you know as you continue to grow right and i think one thing that has a challenge from my opinion is like some of these older places that are more of these staple type of las vegas locations you know as you continue to grow when you mentioned like (coughs) becoming more integrated more efficient you know more forward thinking you know a different type of interior look and become more of that type of dynamic do you see a lot of the people's feedback is like oh even though you know you're doing the same exact recipes, the same exact product, but for some reason, this one is different than the other one. Oh, man, I hear it all the time. <laughs> I hear it all the time. But it's just like, you know, I just always have to stay true. At the end of the day, mm. you know, it's it's different because a lot of people do see me as intimidating because mm. I do speak my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's probably the reason I have to is because I have to explain to these people every day that, hey, it's it's literally the same. My mom's the one who literally showed me there's nothing different. It does by measurements. Mm-hmm. It does, you know, like people will be like, oh my God, the portions got smaller. I'm like, we're still using the same measurements. That's amazing. How do you counteract that? Because I think a lot of it is that nostalgia or mm-hmm. like, you know, I had such a great experience here. Now this experience is different, right? You don't get a little bit of a sense of difference from it, but it's the same thing. I think a lot of people have a, a notion in their mind like, oh, this is always supposed to be this way. Like, mm-hmm. same thing. My menu price is supposed to be the same day that when you first came in. I'm like, no, bro, have you seen the price of grasses? Yeah, inflation's like, crazy right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I used to get steaks probably like eight to nine a pound. But just the steaks that I'm getting, like ribeyes, is probably like 16 to 19 mm-hmm. a pound. It ain't cheap no more. That's no, unreal. That's <clears throat> ridiculous. You know that, yep. that chicken wing epidemic? Yes, like, yeah. Before it used to be fifty pound or fifty dollars per like ten pound case. Mm-hmm. You're paying like two fifty. So yeah. I'm like, how am I supposed to still stay the same as like before? It's impossible. Yeah. And then labor rates. It's literally <laughs> went s- skyrocketed. Yeah. One hundred percent. But yeah. then you know my staff in the kitchen, I pay for their insurance. So, on top of it, I'm paying like what almost like eleven, twelve grand just for like. Just for the burden, yeah. Yeah. And people don't realize that. We mm-hmm. talk all the time about the burden. I mean, it's probably an extra 29%, almost 30% on top of whatever they actually make, which people don't understand that in the small mm-hmm. business world that it's, 
you think you might get paid a certain amount, but it's an additional, like you were saying, 10, 12, you know, 13, $15,000 a year. And that's the thing, but yeah. you know, it's like people's notion, they mm. like automatically assume just because you're a restaurant growing, you mm. have one or two locations. Sure. You know, if you're doing really well, mm. they don't see that back end. Yeah. They just see, oh, you're, you're growing. You're, yeah. You have like this and brand. this location. I'm like, yeah, so, yeah. but I got technically 200 people on my payroll. That's a lot. That's a lot of babysitting too. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, Rilla. You've been very verbal and kind of touched on like the misconception of Asian food being very inexpensive, right? Was kind of the the goal of of Lotus Asylum to um, really challenge that perception of look, you need to pay for a, a higher end quality of food or a higher end experience. Was that kind of the original goal that your mom came up with, or maybe you guys came up with as you a family? Know, you know what? In the beginning, it was just basically like to show people what Thai food was about. Sure. You know, like, like probably in the early when we began, I was still, like, running around the restaurant, but I could still hear people, you know? Like, oh, this isn't, like, pad thai, or this isn't the tom yum soup. Normally yeah. it's supposed to be hot and sour. I'm like, that's Chinese food. First. <laughs> Got like, it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The stereotype that we had to deal with is, yeah. like, still trailing on. But it's, like... I have to still go and be like, hey, look, cow soy, it's not yellow curry based, bro. Like, mm -hmm. it's a whole different spice mix to make this. Mm -hmm. It's not like you just put yellow curry powder and that's what cow soy is. No. Mm -hmm. Even regular Thai people, some people don't even know because there's like, I kind of want to explain, like, you know, you have people from the South, you have people mm -hmm. from California, you have people from New York. They're not yeah. going to make spaghetti the same way. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting <laughs> you say that, right? Like, both Chris and I are from the Midwest, right? I wasn't familiar with Thai food right? yeah, <laughs> until I, I moved. I'll be honest with you, I, I wasn't familiar with it at all. I lived in, in Chicago and also in New England, and we, we didn't eat Thai food. When I had it here in Vegas, specifically your restaurant, I fell in love with it. Just yeah, I was like, what's it was, Pad Thai? This sounds good. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so you guys have done a lot. How would you say you guys are special compared to your competitors in your perspective? Because you guys are definitely special, right? What would you say that is? Like for me, I don't go around like – saying that I have competitors. You're like, okay. no, at the end of the day, for me, it's like everybody all has to eat. Yeah, We're in this business, we're in this field, but for me to be different is because I actually pay attention to my staff. Yeah. And if I can take care of my staff, they're going to take care of the guests. That's just I agree. one yep. at that point. You know? Yeah, I agree. But for me also, we're different is because we give people the opportunity. Like, you know, you can be fresh off the boat, fresh off the plane, and hey, you don't know how to speak English, but you got a little bit, I give you a chance. That's you know, awesome. like mm -hmm. I've got servers who, yeah, <laughs> many times, you know, you'll see those Yelp reviews. They were so rude. I'm like, this person does not speak that great of English. Yeah. So it comes off as rude, mm -hmm. but yeah. this is the best server that I can have. Mm -hmm. You know, like they put their heart and soul into it. Why am I going to just. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, you guys have obviously done extremely well in, with building the brand, right? I mean, you guys have had. Pharrell, you guys have all these different people come to your, you know, to your location, specifically the one on, on Sahara. Um, but it's it's amazing that you've been able to build this brand that people know it literally across the world. Mm -hmm. So that has to be exciting for you guys to be able to work this hard and be able to, you know, continue that, uh, you know, family legacy. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it makes me happy. You know, like yeah. I see guests that come in that they enjoy our food, they enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. That's really what the business is about. Yeah, you know, we we try to be that hospitality. 
That's awesome. So are you actually taking over the business now from your from your parents? Is that what I'm understanding? Is how's the business work now as far as the the Lotus of Siam on uh, Flamingo and then how you guys have broken out everything? So Lotus of Siam in general is owned by my mom. Okay. Yep. Um, that will always be under her. Yep. Yeah. Got it. But I just license it from her. Okay. So I pay her, you know, like a franchise we, yeah. basically. Yep. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you know, I don't want it to seem like I I just got it handed to me. Yeah. You know that's what the word is around. Like, oh, yeah. they, she just got it handed. Like, yeah, you know what it is. How hard it is to maintain a family business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anybody can get it. Yeah, but if you can maintain it, that's a whole different level. Yeah, yeah. and I think you know one yeah. of the big benefits or <clears throat> one of the big pros in in, in in the way you're navigating. You know, Red Rock is not you know a small feat by any means. And you know, I think being able to yeah. build, develop staff, and even just get into a situation like a casino to be able to implement a restaurant has to be extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, what was kind of that process like when it comes to just starting to build those connections with you know um the group that owns the the location that you're you know leasing from or having to develop it and build it out and staff it like that's a pretty large location and it looks really fantastic like the, even the design had to have been a feat in itself thank you yeah. i mean um it definitely was kind of a process i have a great team my team's over there is like amazing but to get in with I want to say like the Fertitas, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know, they're one of the people that I kind of look into as kind of like a mentor or something like that because yeah. the way that they run their business, I mean, you have staff that's been with you for mm-hmm. how long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my best friends is like working for them and she will never leave. That's awesome. And she's worked for many other people. Yeah. But, you know, it's like one of those things like they do take care of your staff. Yeah. We've had Kelly Fatita on, so we know, yeah. know the brand <laughs> yeah. and what she's been able to do with the marketing and everything and build her own company. But you're right. They're beast mode. So yeah. what they've been able to do. Um, so you actually partnered up with, with Lou, right, to actually build this hospitality company. And so that was the, the three projects you guys built at Red Rock, right? So you guys have Red Rock, uh, I'm sorry, Lotus Lotus Asylum, Red Rock. You guys also have Noxos and then you guys have the Oyster Bar, right? How did you guys, and you and Lou connect? Oh, man. I used yeah. to work for him. <laughs> Did you really? Okay, for Tao? Tao yeah. Okay. So yeah. I started off at Tao Group. Okay. And, well, you know, it's just leaving the nest, trying to get experience to see True. what the real world really is. Because mm-hmm. I can't, you know, like, you just can't run your family's business without actually going through it elsewhere. Okay. Because, you know, you're working on your parents. You get, like, that leeway and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you work for somebody else, it's a whole different ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, being on time, checking your schedule. Yeah. When I worked for him, I was in the restaurant, and then I was yeah. started off as a hostess, and then at the tower at the tower group. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you guys I, go back then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then he's always, always been wanting a partner, like especially expand my mom's business, and sure. we were yeah. never ready yet until COVID and everything hit. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's, I've met Lou. Lou's great. I was actually at you guys' grand open. I didn't get a chance to see you there, but it was a madhouse, which you guys were able to do at Red Rock. But you guys have really introduced some some amazing concepts at the Red Rock, right? So you guys actually have like a champagne party brunch. You guys have done a, multiple different things. Is that from your experience from Tao Group of kind of bringing that flavor kind of off the strip? or It's definitely yeah. like Lou's um, experience. Because okay. I never really like go to nightclub parties, but sure. I always did party. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know... Bringing that to like the burbs, who wouldn't? Yeah, you know, you got your kids gonna be at like the park, whatever it is. Yeah. Let the parents go to like this quote unquote champagne party brunch, and yeah, like why go to the strip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for us locals. Yeah, you know, yeah, what I mean? I that's, that's what I'm Rock loving. Right, is like, yeah, Red Rock is is amazing when they've been able to do it. And now it seems like everybody's really bringing like they're 
upping the other, right? Other, I know you say it's not competitors, but they really are. Like you've got downtown someone, you guys have got what you what you guys have been able to accomplish. But I do want to talk about Knoxville. Knoxville's got amazing food. How did you guys come up with this concept of Noxos and in the in Greek food? Did you guys find a need that Greek food wasn't really doing it, or how, how did you guys come up with that concept? I mean, that one is for sure like all of Lou. Lou, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lou's the one who set that all up. I'm okay. just a minority holder on that one, but okay. it's like being in Vegas. There really wasn't any. If you did, you had to go all the way to Mio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so what other place has it? Yeah. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, not. Yeah. And then the way you guys have done it is is awesome. With like so. an elevated Greek food, like it's very much like yeah. you don't really see that a lot. It's you know no. I'm gonna go get a euro on you know a yeah. fast casual restaurant and head away. Yeah. So it's a little bit more of a <clears throat> elevated a thought process. Kind of you know that's how I would liken like Lotus as I am, like an elevated you know Thai experience in general mm-hmm. versus you know going and and grabbing some fast casual food. So and the team mm-hmm. does a really well job like finding and sourcing out like responsible types of proteins and stuff like that for the, the business too. Mm-hmm. But we're one of those that we watch what we eat. True. So like our produce, our seafoods, especially our shrimps, it's all wild caught. We're, you know, yeah. try to be responsible in something. Yeah, you know? real organic, yeah. Yeah, sourcing so. is, you know, definitely a challenge now. I think COVID really impacted that specifically for restaurants. I think just the transportation <coughs> to being able to get things at a reasonable cost, you know, <clears throat> as you're trying to develop a brand and expand, does it create those different challenges? Because now you're buying in bulk and now sourcing something from a local, you know, maybe a mom and pop that gave you good quality product for a reasonable price. Now you have to get five times as much and it makes those processes a lot more challenging because... You ran into some of that? I mean, honestly, we still use local vendors. So they're all, you know, like we go through Ocean Express, like Irfan's one of my boys. Okay, okay. And, you know, it's like small family owned, but they've been around for a long time. And so we always talk to them. We use them. You know, we also use uh, Samuel and Sons. So it's like, you know, we still go through the same vendors, but they're all responsible. If they can't find it, they'll try to responsibly source it Mm. for us. That's awesome. So, you know, we just... It's one of those things that you just have to just keep growing. And if you grow, they grow with you. So it's like not just one person alone. And do you think being in Vegas makes that process a little bit better? Because we do have, I would assume, really great just distribution channels because of the casinos. And I'm sure sure the Fertitas at Red Rock have some pretty good relationships (laughs) with some good quality vendors. So does that help at all? Like, 100%. I mean, you know, with our brand also, since we've been using like these vendors for 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. like, it also helps. And then yeah. when they see that we expand, they're happy about it. So. Oh, that's exciting. It's always good to grow together. Yeah. Yeah. We've had multiple um, guests come on that have actually said Lotus Asylum is their favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. I, I know you probably know Chef Barry over at Barry's. He's Barry. mentioned you guys. Uh, they're, they're awesome people, friends of ours. What do you eat? What's your favorite thing on the menu? Oh. With, at, let's, let's start with Lotus Asylum. What, what would you say if, if you were sitting there eating tonight, what, what would you what would you eat there? <laughs> I already ordered. Okay, good stuff. Okay. <laughs> but um, for always, like... I, I love to eat my mom's steak tartare. Like, okay. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Okay, that's like my favorite. Okay, and steak tartare. In Thai, we call it koi soy. Koi soy, okay. But some days like, she'll have like these specials and she'll bring in like the big bluefin tunas. Okay. She'll make it like that. And that's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, I do play around with like my cow soys. Okay. I'll swap it between like soft shell crabs or short ribs. Okay. Sometimes I'll do duck, but because like the first 10 years I was into duck, I kind of phased that out. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so, but um, 
you know, we also do, which is another one of my mom's like secret. It's um, namgyeo, which is like okay. the pork stew with okay. vermicelli noodle. And I think that's like game changer. Okay. I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but I'm uh, hungry. This is the worst interview you're able to do because I love y'all's restaurant. I'm Got hungry, so I've been fasting. Crab. Yeah, like, for real. <laughs> Though the garlic prawns, I'm just going to have to say that, is like my favorite thing on your menu. That is awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Let's talk a little bit about problem solving. Obviously, being a business owner, you've been able to run through a lot of these holes and pivots and things like that. How do you kind of problem solve? What's, your, what's kind of your strategy on business? Because you're dealing with 200 employees. Like when you're dealing with problems, so I know you hit a lot of roadblocks. How do you how do you kind of break through that? You know, I had to put on the big boy pants yeah. at a younger age. Okay. Because prior to that, I would probably be like, oh, try to avoid the situation. You sure. Know? But, you know, when my dad got sick and shit mm -hmm. like that, I ended up having to really face problems head on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I ended up being, people call it, um, I wouldn't say combative, but I'm very confrontational. There okay. you go. So okay. I confront all the problems. Yeah. You know, I hear something, settle it then and there. Same thing mm -hmm. with like employees. You have a problem, we gotta we gotta knock it out of the park now because mm -hmm. I don't want you walking around with like that negative feel. Like it's uncomfortable with people, you know? Like why sure. walk around like that for weeks on end when you don't even have to worry about that at, mm -hmm. at my spots, you yeah. know? Like just talk about it with me. Mm-hmm. Because the energy, you know, the energy could be off immediately, specifically cattiness and a lot of stuff you could deal with. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, you know, you poison your own body. Like, why do that? Mm -hmm. Like, I would rather have all of us, like, sit on a table, figure it out, mm -hmm. just get it through. Yeah. Same thing. Customers come in. I'm like, all right, hey, I just, I guess I have to deal with it. Then yeah. I deal with it. But if it Love doesn't that. work, then, then I'm sorry. Here, figure it uh -huh. out. Part ways. Yeah. I love that. Just take it head on. Mm -hmm. With us being, you know, Vegas circle, we talk a lot about who's in your circle, right? So who's been kind of some of your mentors to be able to kind of coach you? I know obviously your mom's been a huge asset for you, and that might be the person that gave you the most wisdom, but can you kind of give a gem on, you know, what you learned or who's in your circle that's been a mentor or coach for you? Oh, man, I have I have quite a bit. Okay. Um, maybe it's because of, like, blessed by my parents. But yeah. I do. I am very lucky that I'm able to access to all these people. But, you know, my business partner in general, too, Lou yeah. Wayman, I, I learn a lot from him. Yeah. But, you know, I also learned from Andrew Chern, Mr. Panda Express. You know, him and his wife, I, I learned quite a bit from them. Yeah. He always likes to tell me, you know, every time he comes, he'll be like, give me a denomination, like a number. Hey, what did you do last year? I'd be like, I did, you know, give or take, like, just estimate. I'll just throw a number out. Be like, oh, I did five million. And be like, okay, do six million, then call me. And then nice. when I beat it, call him, and then he will talk some more. We'll like be like, okay, what did I do to change it? Mm -hmm. Along those lines. And yeah. then, you know, just everybody in the industry. I still have my, my really good friend, Mike Crosman. Mm -hmm. I still learn from him too. And it's just, I'm just really thankful that I have these people in my corner. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> What's one thing you learned from your mom? Oh, man. Yeah. The confrontational part. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She gets at it? Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things like don't back down. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, Especially she... being in business. You can't be, you can't tiptoe around a lot of stuff, man. Right. And people will take advantage for sure. Oh, I can't even imagine being in Vegas with the restaurant business and things. It could be I mean, hard. It's it's worse when you're like a female. Mm -hmm. like, honestly, at the end of the day, like, I think my dad probably prepped me for this. I don't know. Because I kid you not, my, 
half of my guy friends will think I'm a guy or ha- like 90% of my girlfriends all think I'm a dude. So it's like <laughs> one or the other. But, you know, it's like going yeah. into the rooms with a lot of these people, it's like yeah. you just can't shy away. At the yeah. end of the day, can't people... Can't be timid. Will, yeah. No. Because yeah. when you're sitting on a table with a bunch of these people, they already see through you. So if you're going to be like timid and shy, they already know how to work around you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Love that. I love the honesty too, the transparency, because mm-hmm. that's true. People will take advantage. And if they see... One piece of it, they'll they'll eat it, you know. So, awesome. With us talking about oh. business advice, right? With us being a business podcast, can you share just with just one gem of, of business advice for you know somebody that maybe wants to get in business for themselves or maybe having those second thoughts of what to do? What, what would you say to them? I mean, shoot, honestly, when anybody really wants to get into a business, the first yeah. thing is to protect themselves, like. Don't think, oh, yeah, we're friends. We can be in a business together, like shake hands. No, I'm sorry. I promise you right now, somebody better go get a contract. You better have an operating agreement. You better do something to protect whatever you own, everybody owns, and what you put in. Yeah. Because anybody can be like, oh, I'm friends with you. The next day, they ghost you. We learned that. (laughs) We'll talk about that offline, but we learned that the first couple of months. You learned those lessons usually pretty quickly, though. Hopefully it's not detrimental. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So I'm glad glad you said that. I don't think anybody said that yet Mm -hmm. uh, on the pod. So I know you've been known as the professional uh, food taster, right? And we we talk about favorite restaurants in Vegas, and I just got to know, what is your favorite restaurant in Vegas when you're not, you know, obviously a Lotus Asylum or Naxos? Give us a gem that we, yeah, I know you know. I know you know a lot of them, so. so. Um, give us one that, uh, that this this good, very good. Oh, man, there's so many talented ones for sure, yeah. Vegas. But let me let me give you by category. How okay, all right, that's cool. Yep. My steaks, I'll go to Barry. Shout out to Chef. Down. Yeah, I'm going there yeah. Saturday, so we'll be, I think you go Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Yasin and Marco and, and, and Barry over there. Yeah. Or sushi and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I use, I would go to Kame. Or I would go to uh, Mizumi. I've been to Mizumi mm-hmm. before. What was the other one you said? Kame. What is Kame? Yeah. Never been no, that's a first. first. I don't I think I've ever heard of that oh one before. Oh, my God. I'm looking at my wife on X. She's going to yell at me. I'm not, I'm yeah. not, I don't think I've never been there. Daryl's like, we've been there five yeah, times. Yeah, literally. I'm sorry, forget the names. Where uh, is that at? Yeah. It's at the Lotus Apartments. Lo- Lotus oh, Apartments. downstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. I passed by there before. Oh, Spring Mountain. You have to. If you want okay. that, like, I want to tell you, like, if you want that Japanese omakase experience. Okay. Wherever you say, I'm going to because I know you know your stuff. Writing all these lists. Okay. And then Chinese food. Bro, I'm so sad. It used to be joyful, but they closed. I was going to them for like 24 years when okay. we first moved here. Yeah. You gave some gems. Yeah, that's some good ones. Okay. What else are you focused on, man? I know with uh, the Bua Food Group, I know you guys are doing some big things on that with just launching your, you know, your three projects. Um, what else are you kind of focused on? I know you're going to be moving back into the Sahara location in February, but can you kind of share what, what else you want to accomplish? I mean, currently we're definitely expanding. I okay. have trips planned already. We're going to go to Austin. Oh, Texas. Okay. Awesome. Fun right. stuff. That's exciting. <laughs> See okay. a bunch of my friends, too. Okay. But we plan for Austin. We're probably aiming for Miami, too. So. Wow. Okay. Lots of, lot on the horizon. <laughs> and that, that makes sense with you building the, the prep and everything. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, has been great. Be able to drop some gems for us and give us some <laughs> locations that we could check out. But um, literally love what you guys are doing. You know, shout out to your mom and your, and your dad. And um, honestly, for our listeners, you... If you have not checked out Lotus Asylum, you're missing out because they've, they've got really amazing food. I'm not just saying that. Uh, they're, they're an amazing place to be able to go to. So you can check us out at TheVegasCircle.com and uh, subscribe with us. So thank you very much. Awesome. We appreciate thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.